you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Hello and welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast. I'm Aeneas Williams. This podcast goes out to NFL legends, and today we are focusing on the NFL's greatest generation. I feel humbled actually sitting here. The guys who played in the 60s, the 70s, and 80s, their stories, their take on the current guys, and the opportunities that are available to them right now. And all you Packer lovers and all of you that die with the cheese heads on airplanes and all those good things, <laughs> you're in for a treat. Uh, the great Jerry Kramer, uh, played with the Packers, guard, also from Idaho. Correct. Idaho. Oh, man, more than potatoes probably out there, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, one of the guys that played for my favorite team growing up, um, the Miami Dolphins, and that's Dwight Stevenson. True story, my Little League team, we were the Rams. And uh, my coach tried to hide me as a running back because the teams were keying on me. Mm -hmm. So he switched jerseys with me and one of my teammates, but I kept my Miami orange sweatshirt on underneath the jersey. There so you go. All right. the, the jersey switch didn't make a difference. All right. right. So, so Larry Zonka was my guy. Okay. And I really love him, probably one of your teammates. Absolutely. So. He's a good one. And then to, to my right, guys, uh, just uh, another one of the legends from – the Southern University, yes. the Southern University, Nation. and being here with Harold Carmichael, knowing he, Harold uh, guys actually 
my dad and Harold were in school together uh -huh. at Southern University. My oh. dad didn't play football, but he knew about Harold and knew about uh, Mel Blunt oh, yes. and uh, Ken Ellis and those guys. So, mm -hmm. so welcome to the greatest generation. We've already been talking. These, as you guys know, you've heard, many that are listening have heard these podcasts before. This is really like being a fly on the wall in the locker room. Mm -hmm. And you guys have already started telling the stories. I've already been taking notes listening to Jerry <laughs> as well as Dwight talking about these experiences. Guys, I've heard guys who played in the 60s, 70s, and 80s be called the NFL's greatest generation. What about that time in the league's history was so special to you? Harold. Well, coming out of um, Southern University, playing and uh, started in 1971, leaving Jacksonville, Florida, leaving uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, going into Philadelphia. It was a culture shock to me. I'm sitting in, in the first meeting we had, I said, I have no clue what the coach said to, to, right to this day. I don't know what he was saying. I was just looking around this room and said, wow, I'm in the NFL now. Uh, not saying that I made the team, but I said, I, I made it this far. And uh, one of the things I also remember is saying, gosh, look at all these white people. You know, I've never been around that many white in a football atmosphere. And I really was not focused on what the coach was saying. I really thought about whether I could play this game or not. I was sitting, sitting in, that, in that same meeting and just seeing some of the guys that I watched on TV uh, sitting uh, across from me, next to me. It took me two weeks to really convince myself, saying, I can play this game. Mm -hmm. From that day on, I just started honing my skills and trying to be the best that I could be, and it got me so far where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Dwight? Uh, you know, I guess too, I mean, the transitioning, you know, going, you know, the integration and stuff was still, that was coming about uh, there and playing there at the University of Alabama, you know, uh, that had, probably five or six years before I came there, that's when that first uh, black athlete uh, played football there at the University of Alabama. Five so that, years ahead of you? Probably five or six years, I'm thinking. Like, and Wilbur Jackson was the first four year letterman to play there and at uh, the University of Alabama. So, you know, that was going on there and then uh, and then going to the pros, you know, again, you know, I felt like it was part of it, part of that was happening then at the time too. And the game was just getting better and better. And, and like I said, you talk about the legends and people that were playing that I literally watched on TV, like Larry Little. The Miami Dolphins was one of my favorite teams too, wow. no question. Mm. And so Larry was one of my, yeah, this guy that I watched a whole lot. And, uh, and other guys, Larry Zonka and Jim Kick and those guys, Paul Warfield. It was just a great, great time for me personally. And to say it's the greatest era, I mean, guys played the game and they loved the game, the legacy part, I mean, you know, building tradition and so forth was so important. And, uh, that's what I wanted to try to continue, building the Miami Dolphins, making them one of the greatest franchises of all times uh, while I was there. I'll come to you in a second, Jerry. When I think of the part of the greatest generation is, right. is the unique challenges, mm -hmm. integration, yeah. while playing the game, at least today, you know, the, the kids have social media, all those possible distractions. Mm -hmm. But what was that like, being an African-American young man, Alabama, right. Paul Bear Bryant, the first African-American, five years ahead of you. Right. So it was more than just football. There were some other challenges that was happening while you guys were playing. It was. And there at the University of Alabama, I mean, Coach Bryant, I mean, he wanted, to, he wanted to win. And that was important, and he wanted to win with good people. 
So I felt he was he was good with integration, and I thought that you know he helped guys out uh, along the way. And I heard stories as to how maybe at the time University of Alabama wasn't ready for black players to come there, but he try to you know tell some coach uh, in another state or somewhere else and give them that opportunity so that they would have the opportunity to go to school and further and better their better their careers and uh, better their life. And when I got there to the University of Alabama, you know we were was that a culture shock for you? It was. I mean, when I, when I went there, you know, to see 80,000 people, it was probably 70,000 people in the stands there, and not that many blacks around. It was, it, but it was kind of like I, I got used to it. But I, I enjoyed it. And then playing the center position, which was traditionally, you know, black players would, didn't play, that was really exciting for me. I like it wasn't a big deal. Oh no, just but it was. I wanted to do a really good job there in that in that position, so that I could open the doors up for you know my kids or uh, other guys to come along and stuff. That was at the University of Alabama, and so from there, then I was drafted by the Miami Dolphins in the second round. And I said, well, you know, I play wherever they want me to play. Sure, I wanted to play center and stuff for a lot of reasons and stuff. And one because you know traditionally blacks didn't play that position and stuff to get that opportunity. I felt so. I, it was just that much more of an incentive there. And and I wanted to help open the door there for other guys to come along and stuff. Jerry, transitioning where we talk about this great generation, and how much do you think it, the, you guys being considered the greatest generation, the coaches, the well, Bear Bryant's, the Vince Lombardi that you played for, Coach Lombardi? Certainly uh, established some standards and some discipline, maybe some character qualities and character traits. I came out of a, I, I was born in a town of 352 people. Wow. So it was a long way from Jordan, Montana to the NFL. I went to high school in a little school of about 3,000 people. My draft was not, re it was exciting, but it, looking at today, it, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. I got, I got eight or nine letters from pro teams, but none of them said Jerry. They all said, dear player. Yeah. They on the inside, they wrote me a letter. <laughs> dear player, how big are you? How fast are you? What's your uh, service responsibilities, your family, and on and on and on. So I didn't know if they, they I didn't think about the envelope, but the envelope had my aim on, name on it. Right. But I uh, thought about dear player. I really must have impressed somebody. <laughs> I got to play an East-West Shrine game, and the Packers were there. We didn't have agents. We didn't have anybody that knew anything about professional football in the whole town, maybe the whole state at that time. So I go to my coach, and I said, Coach, Packers want to talk to me about signing a contract. How much should I ask for? What, what you know, what's, what, what's the number? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't a clue, really. So he said, uh, he's a learned man, he's a nice man. And he said, Jerry, uh, if you can get 7,000, I think you'll be doing really well. Okay, okay. I got a number, right? So I go down to San Francisco for the Shrine game, and the Packers were playing the Niners, and I sat down with uh, Vern Llewellyn, the general manager, and we visit a little bit, and he said, well, Jerry, we'd like to sign you to a contract. Uh, you got anything in mind you're thinking about? And I said, 8,000. He said, sign here. I left some on the table. Yeah, yeah, you did that. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, you know, what have you been up to, Harold? Well, I just retired from the Eagles. I uh, went back 
and worked for them for 17 years in the player development department, community relations, uh, I guess then they started calling it player liaison. Um, pretty much just, uh, I'm still involved a little bit with the Eagles, uh, just very little, little smallest thing. Guys like to get their jerseys framed and uh, for about 15 years I was Every, almost every day I'd take home a jersey from a player to have it framed. The frame was right around the corner from me. The guy was very uh, inexpensive to, uh, to get these things done. So uh, just about every day now I go back over the Eagles. They call me, Harold, I got a jersey. I got a picture. Uh, can you get it framed for me? I said, yeah. You know, it gets me out of the house every day. You know, it, it keeps me involved with the team uh, because I'm quite sure, you know, everybody's being asked, even if you're not a part of that team, what do you think about the Eagles? What's going on? What do you think about this player? So I want to be up on all of this stuff. You know, I don't know everything like I used to know. So, you know, I'll be, right now I'm a Philadelphia fan now because right. uh, I just get a little bit of information now, not as much as I used to. So. I tell people, I'm, a, I'm like you now, I have no idea what they're doing, but it um, keeps me busy. Yeah. Well, have you been up to Dwight? Yeah, well, I keep that in mind about their framing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. I mean, yeah. it's cheap. You the guy does an excellent job. You should, you know, but it probably costs you a lot of money, to, you know, to ship it. Ship it up. Well, it still <laughs> might be worth it. We keep it in yeah. mind. But I'm, uh, you know, I retired, of course, from the office, and I went right into the construction business and stuff, and that's what we do. We're builders down in South Florida there. We're in the, just in the three counties there, Dade County, Miami, uh, excuse me, Broward County, and Palm Beach County. We do schools, school work, hospital work, airport work. We employ right uh, about 45 people, and uh, we're construction managers, so we probably can, you know control another 200 people every day, uh, subcontractors and that sort of thing. So it's uh, it's uh, 26 years, and I'm hoping that some of my young, uh, some of my sons or daughter or somebody want to come along and do a little bit more of it and stuff. We, uh, I do enjoy the business, though, and stuff, and I enjoy the people. It's kind of like a, it re really relates a lot to me with football. It's about, you know, trying to get a bunch of people on the same page to get something done and stuff. That's kind of what football is about, getting everybody focused, you know, a head coach and general manager, but getting everybody, head coach, having your assistant coach and so forth and so on, and, and uh, have a goal and objective in mind and using your resources and stuff to get it done. So uh, I enjoy it. It's a good business. You know, Jerry, before I ask you what you're currently doing, but as you talk about this, I'm reminded of your generation. It wasn't all football. Like, you guys had to think about jobs as well, right? Am Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Almost everybody had an uh, off-season job or a Correct. job yes. that could, what was really, the really smart guys had a interest in the business or an industry or something and they would find a job in it and then they would entertain people at games and after games and they would build a relationship right. and then they would go into that business after they left the football field. Mm -hmm. So it was always thinking about uh, after the game. Actually Willie Davis and I became roommates because we were both getting ready to retire and Willie had uh, his MBA, and he was a lot smarter about business than I was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was, I, I was prying on him all the time. What do you think about this? We went down to look at a new franchise one day, and uh, my roommate hadn't come to camp, and his roommate was gone, and we're thinking a thousand miles an hour, and uh, end up in my room. And uh, Willie says, Jay, where's your roommate? I said, I don't think he's coming back. I said, why don't you move in? Okay. 
So he moved in and we continued the conversation and we're still having it today. <laughs> still, uh, we've become great pals and he's a, he's a very bright guy, thoughtful, articulate, special human being and mm -hmm. one of my world-class friends. I remember, you know, you know, your generation, my generation also, we had to have something afterwards to yeah. do. Yeah. I remember leaving Philadelphia uh, for a few months to go down and be a, um, be in the recreation department in Jacksonville, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to uh, subsidize that that uh, that money. You know, it was right times here. when when uh, I used to send my uh, money home to my mom, and it got to the point where I say, "Mom, you got to send me some of that money back." <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to room with uh, one of my uh, best friends at the, uh, at the time with the Eagles was Harold Jackson. He let me uh, stay on this um, uh, sofa. Well, I wouldn't sleep. I would take the pillows off and put it on the floor, mm. and that's what I would sleep. You know, I couldn't afford an apartment. You know, it mm. was just, it, it, you know, it was just that. Uh, he, he was talking about uh, eight thousand dollars. Uh, I can, you know, I, I kind of understand that. I was like thirteen thousand. You know, you talk about thirteen thousand. You talking about bringing home about six or seven thousand yeah. dollars really after taxes yeah. and also didn't make a lot of money back then. So you had to find an, another means of, of bringing some income in some kind of way. And and then a lot of times every you, you couldn't find a you know, somebody wanted to give you something for a few a uh, few weeks, few days, you know. Harold, I worked uh, driving a cat. Six tens. Is that build the highway. For the first couple of years, I had a couple opportunities to go into business development jobs, mm -hmm. like at 400 a month. Right. And I had a, a baby mm -hmm. and a wife and a responsibility. And I go, I can't, I don't have anything left. I paid for the washer and dryer while I was playing and had the car payments to take care of, right? So I how do you drive one of these things? So I drove Cat for a couple of years. My life has been about four years in a row and then something totally new and totally different that I've never heard of. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I, I had, a, I had a, some apartments when I uh, quit playing. Um, the construction job was the first couple of years, but I played 11 years and I bought a, a, 70, or a 98 unit building in Tulsa with Don Chandler, my kicker. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we had a 118 unit building. Then we did a 1250 unit building. Mm. And I owned a third of this, right? Uh -huh. So I'm thinking, boy, this is pretty cool. I mean, we're not making a lot of income right now, but three or four years down the road, if we get a couple more buildings, right. and then the, we start to pay the mortgages down, and then we'll have a cash flow. And this could be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Sure. And my subconscious says, do you want to really manage apartments for the rest mm -hmm. of your life? <laughs> and myself said, no. <laughs> well, what do you want to do? Well, I want to be on top of that mountain again. I want to win another Super Bowl. I want to have some fun. Well, you're not going to have a lot of fun running apartments. Right. Huh. So then I made some motivational films which I didn't know anything about that either, but they saw General Motors and the corporate world loved it. We used the Lombardi principles. So I took mm -hmm. Horning and McGee and Fuzzy and Henry Jordan and Jimmy Taylor and talked to them about the Lombardi principles and how they applied them in their life and made a film out of it. And that went really, right. went over well. Mm. And I started speaking maybe a hundred times a year. 
at that point with the film. Right. They loved the film, but they wanted me to come with it. So mm -hmm. I was probably a hundred dollars a night at that time, and that was, that was big, good money, though. That was good money. Yeah, <laughs> that was good money. Yeah. I'm I'm doing good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's and it's been a series of different businesses. Currently, I'm in a stem cell situation sure. that I find incredibly fascinating. I'm not a doc. I don't mm -hmm. have any medical background, mm -hmm. but I've been I've got twelve or fifteen websites that I can't read, mm -hmm. and I get a dozen magazines. And the, the stem cell is such an incredible advancement in medicine. Right. It's going to change. It has changed our world already mm -hmm. to a certain extent, and it's going to change it even more. And there's a long way to go there. It's interesting. It's exciting. It's a brand new stuff, and uh, I'm very excited about that. So maybe yeah. I'll stay there more than a year or two. Something I want to hit with you real quick, and it's Jerry, you and Willie Davis. Mm -hmm. and we talked about this before we start recording. Been roommates, yeah. African American, Caucasian, yeah. during a time of racial tension. Yeah. Now you have uh, not only do you have a teammate um, African American, but you have an African American teammate with an MBA. So even the stereotypes, whatever was thought by people, what was that experience like? You know, it was. It was. Uh, somebody told us later that we were the first mixed pair in Green Bay. Wow. And we didn't know that. And we didn't care about that. Right. It wasn't a big deal. It was a, a guy that I admired and had a friendship with and a bright, intelligent, funny guy. I remember uh, one night we got lights out at 11 o'clock. And sometimes you're not sleepy at 11 o'clock. <laughs> and I say, uh, <laughs> time of the riots and disruptions in America, right? And I say, Will, yeah, Jay? I said, you believe in black power, Will? No, Jay, I don't believe in black power. <laughs> huh. Huh. Will, yeah, Jay? You believe in white power? No, Jay, I don't believe in white power. Hmm. Hmm. Will, yeah, Jay? What the hell do you believe in? <laughs> Green power, man. Green power. <laughs> now, was he referring to Packers or money? <laughs> he was talking to, to the money. And the money. And the money. We just had a great time together. Uh, Coach Lombardi was really ahead of his time in terms of colored players and their place on the football team mm -hmm. and why they were on the football team because they were a positive addition to the football team. Right. And I don't give a damn what they look like. And if we could join together as a team and evaluate one another, not because we're tall or short or ugly or fat or whatever, but because we make a contribution to the society and those around us and we're judged by that contribution, wouldn't that be a smart thing to do sure. for a society? Wouldn't you yeah. want everybody to play football because it's the ultimate ultimate team sport. Yeah. Yeah. People ask me about kids playing football. Yeah. I said, you know, I understand being safe. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to get hurt and all of that, but that's the ultimate team sport. Really is. And that is something that your kid learns from. Yeah. You know, how to depend on other people, how have people depend on right. you. Right. I mean, um, that that's the only that's thing I said, you know, that's... I want to finish yeah. with this part. I want to talk about 
what the guys who retired before 1993, how they could take advantage of some of the programs, if you're aware of them, that are out here to help NFL legends. Specifically, how has the league's relationship with the legends community changed in your eyes over the years? Let me just say, the guys that come before and the guys that made the game what it is today is something that I think is very, very important, and I hate to see them not getting the credit and, and you know, I mean, I know monetarily, absolutely, but just the credit for where the game is today and stuff. And uh, so what I'm... What would you like to see? I, I would like, I really would like to see, first of all, I wouldn't, some monetarily, see the guys that, that, uh, that played in the 60s and the 70s and even before that benefit financially from what's going on today. This is a great game. Yes. This is an awesome game. This game is it's, it's where it is today because of the sacrifices and, and, and the things that were done before. So I'd love to see them benefit. It's just guys, I see that sometimes they don't even go to certain events because maybe they can't go the right way in that sort of thing. And everybody say, hey, you're not ready to just not go and stuff. But those guys, I admire. You know, I, th I think the NFL has changed a great deal in the last 15 or 20 years. Mm -hmm. I got involved, I started the Gridiron Greats. I founded it with my funds and my money and mm -hmm. my idea. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to work on the pension and the disability issues. Mm -hmm. So I met with Roger for about two years, every six months. So Merlin Olson was there. There were probably 12, 15 guys there. And so uh, Merlin and I happened to be having a late plane, so the commissioner asked us to stay and have lunch. We had plenty of time, so he said, Jerry, what's number one on your hit parade? What's number one? Mm -hmm. I said, the pensions. The pensions are so bad. I've, I've got former players who are Hall of Famers making $179 a month. So I think we need to work on the pensions and this disability thing is... So he started, he said, Jerry, that's a collective bargaining thing, but we're gonna do something about it. I'm gonna see if I can do something about it. He established the Legacy Fund right. for the pre something, I'm not sure where that year was or what the cutoff was. Three, correct? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but. This individual that I've mentioned had his pension go from $179 to $2,200. Okay. And yeah. so they did some wonderful things mm -hmm. for the older players and the older group, and then they've done some medical things for mm -hmm. them. There's a lot of stuff going on now that uh, people there's, are trying to help out. Good. There's, a, there's a lot of guys that mm -hmm. I talk with, and they have, we have these programs. Mm -hmm. They have them all set up. And when you find a, a guy trying to navigate program to talk to people, it takes them all around the world before they can get to the mm -hmm. right people. To the area of need. We need to make it more simpler for uh, the retired players to get to these different To the programs. resources. To okay. the resources. Okay. Going back to what Jerry said, I think they need to make an adjustment every year to the retirement program. You know, you see, you see the pre-1993 uh, players. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything is from 94 93 to now, mm -hmm. we talk about great players. You talk about these guys, you know, they was talking about giving the, the props to all the players. Yeah. You know, you, you hear people talk about the greatest player. They didn't start playing it to 1993. Mm -hmm. What about these guys that played back in the, the 50s, 60s, yep. 70s? They were great players. Right, absolutely. They don't get the props. Right. I would like to see the NFL, right, you know, really start looking at that more. And it, it, it can happen. It's also the league, obviously, mm -hmm. just as you said, Jerry, and some of the things that's been done over the past 15 years. But the, the third thing that probably we also need to add and be reminded is to also 
find a way to get engaged and have influence within the Players Association, mm -hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, the, we, we don't talk so much about the Players Association. It's, it's a union, right? Uh, and to really get to the heart of when they have the meetings, mm -hmm. if some of the pre-93 guys could come in, but communicate to this current generation a why. Mm -hmm. You know, you understand, instead of, okay, you guys, yeah. if you go in there and, and they put up walls, uh, oh, we're not here for handouts and all that. This, this is the legacy of the game. Right. These are the guys that have helped build the league. We love you guys having the opportunities that you have now. Guys can't get to these, these uh, alumni meetings because they can't afford to fly. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. The you ones know, that can. Yeah, what, what, see, you know, the, the, I want to, hold, hold on one second, guys. Yeah. I, the guys that can, see, I, the, the key is, it's already, been, it's already known what's not been done. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe areas that's been, that's been missed. We've talked about it. Mm -hmm. So now we got to use wisdom on, okay, how do we get into the rooms? Okay, maybe those guys can't fly there, yeah. but there's some guys that can. But once we get there, what's the messaging? Does that make sense, Jerry? Yeah, it does, but what, what's choking my neck okay. is the inflationary spiral okay. that we have seen over the last 40 or 50 years and that we see daily today and how everything in the society has gone up and up and right. up and up and your salaries have remained stagnant. Your income from pensions have stagnated, right? And our dollar just won't buy anything close to what it used to buy. And I don't think we have any adjustments for the inflationary that's spiral. What yeah. right. That's what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, gotcha. You know, yeah. uh, you, know you, you want it. You know, you want to see these guys, everybody participate. There's a lot of guys that has a lot to say. Yeah. But they can't get to the, you know, Orlando, you have wherever you have the alumni meetings and all. It hurts, my, hurts me when I see a guy out there that, you know, I see dental work. I mean, things that, you know, I know they need and I try, you know, you do, you know, they, they play the game before me and stuff like that and, gotcha. you know, might be going through some tough financial things. Yeah. Health insurance alone is, bunch. is a, bunch. a huge, you know, a cost monthly for a guy. It could be two, couple, could be $1,500, $2,000 just for health insurance and stuff for one person. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't stop the discussion, that's for sure. <laughs> and continue, there's still all these uh, former players mm -hmm. associations in each city just about still reminding, I'm sorry, My Jerry. current exercise is working on a project to get every alumni stem cells if they need them. Gotcha. I'm going to try to establish mm -hmm. uh, clinics awesome. in all 32 cities awesome. yeah. and our, our yeah. stem cell guy will put up a million dollars worth of stem cells to get started mm -hmm. and if we can continue this, we sure. can help a lot, a lot of guys. We I got to learn about stem cells. Yeah. I don't know much about it, but I need to, yeah. need to read so, up on yeah, it. So as we close it out, man, I just yeah. want to thank you guys for this incredible uh, yeah. podcast and just sitting down, hearing the stories I've written down, learning from Coachula, <laughs> Coach Bear Bryant, yeah. and sitting here, the great Harold Carmichael, and then yeah. hearing about Coach Vince Lombardi and just the, um, I would call the, the process that he took you guys through as you we know, continue to grow, I'm sorry. You just, we just scratched the surface of it. Correct. We exactly, just, yeah, we yeah, just yeah. picked it a little bit. So on, stay tuned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. We, so could, we, we could do we, this for months. Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned. This is really one of the few uh, podcasts we've done so far with the pre-93s. Mm -hmm. And we need to hear yeah. uh, your voices and be reminded to recalibrate where we are today. Because we yeah. young generation... 
can easily forget, right? Right. They don't know. But exactly. we, we appreciate what you're doing, yeah. too, man. No, appreciate it, man. Definitely. So exactly. if we listen together, work together, we can accomplish incredible things. Amen. Mm-hmm. I'm Aeneas Williams. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Hey, thank you. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.